Life Audio. Hey, welcome to the Happy Ramp Podcast. I am Ted Cluck, joined as always in studio by my good friends, my partner in radio, Barnabas Piper. Fresh off a cruise, baby. Um, we're going to get into that. Do we know where Ronald even is this morning? I'm just, I'm so used to him being gone every other episode. I, I don't even ask anymore. Is it something glamorous? Do we know? I, you know, I, while on the cruise, I was completely unplugged from, uh, from the internet, which uh, yeah. I highly recommend to everybody. It's great. Um, yeah. But that also means I was not keeping tabs on Ronald via Instagram, which is normally how I know where he is. So I'm not totally Oh, that's sure. hard. So you missed all those pictures of himself and like airport lobbies and shoes and, you know, know, he he's more like nature walks, studio and baked goods. Like if you were going to pick pick his thing, you just described Jared C. Wilson, you know, airport lobby shoes and whatever else. So, yeah, I can do a little stalking and see what see what we see here. Dude, do a little stalking. And I want to I actually want to like lean into this a little bit subject wise right after this quick break. What impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists, the way we measure time, social justice, our national monuments, and more. The Bible's impact is all around you. Discover how at museumofthebible.org impact. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. All right, Pipe, we're back. As you think about dudes our age, and I'm asking this while you while you do a little stalking and research, what are the sort of, you know, three or four prevailing Instagram personas for, like, Christian dudes roughly in our age bracket? Does that make sense? Mm, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. So if Ronald's is like, look at my cool minimalist studio and occasionally my face, and Jared's is... I'm an in-demand speaker. Look at all the amazing places I'm going. Jesus be big, but look at my shoes. Uh, what What are the other Jesus couple? Jesus be big, but look at my shoes should be his social media bio everywhere. It really, it really should. Dude. Jared, if you're listening, I should say since you're listening, take yeah. note. I like that. That should be on a T-shirt. Um, what are, What are the other like two or three? Christian dude Instagram personas. Oh, well, there has to be a fitness one in there somewhere. There's like, yeah. it, it's like the, 
So when I was in middle school was the rise of the cheesy Christian t-shirt, you know, Lord's gym yeah. was one of them. And it was a picture of like Jack, Jack to Jesus doing pushups with a cross on his back. Yeah. I feel that like that's, wild, become, that's become an actual pastor persona. Like Lord's gym yeah. is a thing now. Um, yeah. You know, so the, the jacked pastor thing for sure. There's yeah. a lot of like listing out their reps, you know, so like X uh-huh. number of burpees and deadlifts and whatever else. Um, yeah. You know, and which is which is uh, parallel to the the it's sort of like if you've got jacked pastor, you also have like brainiac pastor. They're the ones yeah. who it's like stacks of commentaries, cluttered desks. <laughs> that yeah. is their gym. That's their Lord's yeah. gym. That's where they're yeah. flexing. I think those Dude, okay, are those so are I, two that come to mind. I want to ask you. No, those are good. And those are those are for sure two of the personas. I want to ask you a question about that. A pastoral question. So. If this is happening, what's the sort of uh, what's what's the inherent need there? Like, what is that person really asking for? You know what I mean? Because like, there's a world in which you can do your burpees and your power cleans and and read your commentaries and have no one know about it, right? Like, um, what what are they wanting? Are, are they needing people to say good job or what? What's going on there psychologically? I, find I think I think people would fundamentally disagree with you that you can do those things without anybody knowing about it, because mm-hmm. if nobody knows about it, mm-hmm. it didn't happen. I think that's yeah. sort of there, there's a sense of like um, validation of the reality. And I can tell you, this is a temptation. You know, I, I you know, when yeah. I preach. Yeah. I often like I, I have a sort of like a drafting table in my office. So it's like a big yeah. flat surface and it will be pretty scattered with books and notes and, you know, yeah. all, all of the, the, the study detritus, if you will. Yeah. And it it makes for a I'm pretty smart photo yeah. um, that I don't post. Right. But the temptation is there because if I post this, it, it sort of adds a like it breathes a reality into this thing that is very real mm-hmm. for me because it is sucking up my time, my energy, my focus. Yeah. It's, it's usually leaving me some sense of greatly insecure about what I'm about to teach or preach. Um, yeah. But I think that's part of it is like, if you don't share this, how much does it really matter? Yeah. Well, and, it, and I guess not to get like super, you know, layers deep philosophically here, but how much does it actually matter? Like, I mean, in the sense that we are to faithfully proclaim God's word, right? And we want to be faithful stewards of it. And we want to do it really, really well as best we can. But I mean, at the end of the day, like God's, God's purposes will prevail whether, you know, my exposition of Romans 12 is the, the greatest one there ever was, or just one that's kind of mid, you know? Um, so it, in, in that sense, it doesn't matter. I mean, it definitely doesn't matter how much a 47 year old man can bench press that, that quantifiably doesn't matter to, to anyone really, like even to my wife who God bless her, you know, acts interested when I talk about those things. Um, and, and really it's funny. My wife is the only one who all, I sort of report my workouts back to her and I know she doesn't care, but she's very sweet about it. <laughs> You know, <laughs> my question to you is like, do you, do you have anyone like that who the like to whom you report your your workouts or like your impressive stacks of commentaries, et cetera? 
No, because I mean, I, I guess in a sense, in a sense, I'll talk about some of that with my wife. But like when it comes to commentary, she does not care. She cares yeah. about how I'm doing as it pertains to health or sermon preparation. So right. if like, how asks, are you feeling about your sermon? That yeah. So if she asks, yeah. how is, yeah, how are you doing? How's, how's sermon preparation? If I say, oh, this commentary by SM Baugh on Ephesians is so complicated, she's going to like glaze over in two seconds flat. If yeah. I say I'm super confused and I th- think it's going to be trash on Sunday, um, mm-hmm. she's she's interested <laughs> because, yeah. you know, then it's an opportunity to encourage her for her to, like, you know, shake me by the collar and be like, don't be an idiot. You'll be fine. Um, yes. Workout. She doesn't care at all. What she cares right. about is like, are you being healthy? Are you yeah. are you moderately healthy? <laughs> yeah. You know? <laughs> you know, like, yeah, middle aged dad healthy, not not Jack Faster yeah. healthy. And uh, so there's just sort of a a generic like interest in the goodness of how it's going. Yeah. Yeah. I think think if you asked these guys, like, why do you do this? They probably wouldn't outright say it's not real if I don't post it. I think they would say it's it's, in some sense, they think they're encouraging others. You know, so if you're a pastor Mm -hmm. and you post the picture of your desk, there's a like – I'm inspiring people. I'm encouraging people. My people know that I'm doing the work. Yeah. Um, it, even though I, I think that's, I think that's pretty out of touch with reality. I've never been inspired to study touch. harder because I've seen a cluttered desk by somebody else. I'm just like, Oh, that gives yeah. me hives. Yeah. That, that sounds uh, distinctly of this is a thing I want to do. So I'm going to imbue it with spiritual importance, like on the back end, you know? Um, yeah. I mean, I, I I would say that I get inspired, I don't know, like if, if I'm trying to think of favorite linebackers circa now, I don't know if um, the pass rusher from the Cowboys like posted a video of himself like box jumping or running hundreds or whatever, it might make me want to do it or I might, I might think about it when I'm like running my own hundreds, but there, there's not a direct like one-to-one there. And I... I'll say this, like I have a couple of guys in my life, one of whom used to play in the NFL and another of whom is just a power lifter who's like roughly my age. And every once in a while, I'll like, I don't know, shoot a picture of an empty football field and be like, you know, knocked out 10 hundreds today or whatever. And and they're both just like vaguely encouraging and, and they do that with me and it's super cool. But I don't know, I, I can't imagine like publishing it, you know, um, that feels like a. A, a further step that I would never take. Now, but. I, I will say that, so I, we make fun of CrossFit often yeah. on here. Yeah. One thing I have discovered about CrossFit by being adjacent to those who do it is that unlike most of these other sort of uh, personas online, that's a genuine community. Mm-hmm. You know, there is a, there is a true like pushing one another, competing with one another in, in like a, in a teammate way. So mm-hmm. the CrossFit thing online if you're not part of it it looks super douchey if you are part of it it's like it's seeing your teammate you know going above and beyond and i think there is a genuine sense but the thing is there's none of that in a desk full of commentaries yeah that's true you know that because because that's all just posturing or it could be well and it's just it's just me yeah it's just look at me so i i think yeah, your point about CrossFit is really good. Like, it still scans as super douchey, but at least for them, it's something. So, I want to ask you a question about CrossFit. Because um, I've been interested in thinking about this as it pertains to other things. 
Like, what are things for groups of secular people that stand in for church for, like, unchurched people? And I think I think CrossFit is one of those things. Oh, absolutely. One of, one of our staff members is big into CrossFit. And for him, he it has become a really uh, it's an evangelistic thing for him because yeah. he said he said he's never found a secular community like that one. And so he he's he's trying to figure out like where what is analogous between what they find there and what the church can do or ought to be doing so that he can invite people into you know the the, the better community yeah. you know not necessarily out of CrossFit but just guess what there's even something better than this and and so I think I think that is I think that is absolutely a sort of replacement or a fill in for that the Christian and church based community that that we're you know designed to have. Yeah, no, that's super fascinating. And I thought of the one I was thinking of. We have this new, new-ish. It's been around for a couple of years, uh, but they just got a new space. This new coffee shop downtown in Jackson that's sort of become the de facto church for non-churched people. Um, and we've got, you know, 1,200 churches in Jackson, of course, because we're in the South. But um, but yeah, it's sort of become that place. And I I went there recently and I had this vague sense of these people hate us and everything that we stand for, but gosh, it's a really nice room and the coffee's really good, you know? <laughs> um, and, and, but then I had this other sense of, but I would never hang out here. You know, it's just not, it's not for me. It's not my place. What, and and the, the thing about a coffee shop that doesn't, that doesn't hold up over time is it's, it's all consumption. Anything yeah. that is all consumption, you can't form community around. There has to be participation. Yeah, so like that's cross, true. CrossFit is different because you're you can you can constantly um, improve, you can constantly participate. There's people at all different levels, and if it's healthy, the people who are good are helping the people who aren't good, and so forth. Mm -hmm. I, I think another one, and you and I are not at all part of this world, but I guarantee you know dozens of people who are is the gaming community. So yeah, that's true. The gaming community is a genuine fill-in community for church. Now it's a mm. weird one because so much of it is is not face to face. Mm. But when you hear about guys, and there's a lot of these guys who just they're they're functionally useless to society mm. because they they're just sucked into this gaming world. Yeah, it it's uh, it's not just addiction to the to the playing. That's what like. People, yeah. people who on the outside looking in think like they're picturing somebody playing Goldeneye for 18 hours a day, you know, like <laughs> yeah, Mario yeah. Brothers. Right. And it's it's all online. There's usernames. There's people you're competing against. There's people you're teaming yeah. up with. There's missions. These are open world games. So it's not just sort of like win the game and then be done. Yeah, there's, there's a it's a, it is an entire universe that's been created. And I think there's a genuine I think there's a genuine community sense there. So yeah. that even as those guys sit in their room for 18 hours a day, they're, they're not, they're not in total isolation. It's, it's profoundly yeah. unhealthy, right? but it's not, it's not without community. No, that's fascinating. And you made a, you made a statement a minute or so ago, you know, these people are no good to like the world or society because they're so hyper-focused on this one thing. I remember thinking the same thing about like, hyper Calvinists in the early 2000s, right? There was you weren't a, wrong. Well, there was such a circle the wagons nest to it, you know, where yeah. it's like, you know, us good, <laughs> the world bad, 
you know, we're going to, we're going to hunker in here and read our, our volumes and, you know, whatever. But, uh, yeah, I, I remember very profoundly thinking these people have no interest in interfacing with the world. And if this isn't some cool guy, like crap on Calvinist thing, I'm a, I'm a Calvinist, but, um, I, I just remember thinking like the young adult version of me was very confused by that. Um, and I, and I think we've arrived in a, a more moderate place probably, but, um, but yeah, it's, it's funny. Is there a, so, so the two that, I mean, obviously CrossFit is, CrossFit is, is also unique because it's not just for, it's not just for one gender, you know, men and women are are equally participatory. They're gaming Mm -hmm. leans more male. Are there any sort of, that that you've observed sort of, uh, female specific, you know, these fill in communities, if you will. Yeah. And maybe, you know, obviously not being a woman, I'm less aware of, of that, but also I get the sense that women are just better at, at being relational than men. So they might not need a, yeah. they might not need like a clubhouse, if you will. <laughs> yeah, clubhouse. Yeah. No, that's funny, dude. And and that's a good point of, about relational. I don't know. We have this thing and you, Nashville's probably like filthy with stuff like this, but um, we have this pure bar thing in Jackson. Are you familiar <laughs> with pure bar? Yeah. A little yeah. bit. It's, it's where like, a certain kind of rich lady will go to work out and the workouts are ostensibly brutal. Like they're really, they're legitimate workouts. Um, but, it, and KK did it for a little while, but I think there's a, you know, and then we couldn't afford it. We had to like take out a second mortgage on our house. But um, I, I think there's a bit of a community around that. Um, yeah. And, and, the, know, and the smoothie bar that is always within yeah. three storefronts in the strip mall. Three storefronts of the strip mall. The smoothies are nineteen dollars, you know. Uh, but they come with like energy shots of of uh, you know echinacea or whatever. So you cocaine. Know, don't worry, yeah, for yeah. sure, for sure. Yes, definitely <laughs> exactly. that. Yeah, no, it's wild, dude. I don't, I don't even know what that thing would be necessarily for women. But uh, yeah, fascinating stuff, pipe. Uh, let's take a break, and then I want to come back and ask you about your cruise. What impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists, the way we measure time, social justice, our national monuments, and more. The Bible's impact is all around you. Discover how at museumofthebible.org impact. All right, Piper, we're back. You are back. Ostensibly, and because this is radio, not television, and because I'm two hours away, I don't know this, but tanned, rested. You got that, like, sweater tied around your neck, you know, little little golden brown tan on your face. How are you feeling? Back from the cruise? Are you a, let me ask you this. Are you a suntan guy? Are you, like, a guy who lays out and gets that nice little tan going, or not so much? Uh, I mean, when you're on a cruise, there's not a lot of other options. Yeah. Um, so, yes, I will. And it, I get antsy as all get out. I'm, mm. I, I do tan, like in the sense yeah. that my, my skin will tan. But I would yeah. much rather do, you know, have that happen by accident while I'm doing other things I enjoy, which is sure. generally not lying out in the sun. Um, yeah, let, me, let yeah. me ask you a specific lying out on a cruise question. 
because I've never taken a cruise, but I've thought about it and I've read about it. And I do like boats and boat things uh, well documented on this program. If I were to lay out on a cruise, I would want it to be in a semi-private context, i.e. not jammed up against a thousand other people. Is that possible? Like, is there a little alcove or like a little place you can go to, to like lay out kind of in private? No, not really. I mean, there, there are portions now it depends. So there are, there are cruise ships that are, you know, the size of cities and they, they may have more of that. But the thing is with that comes 8,000 more people. Um, and so, but yeah, the, the the worst thing about cruises Mm -hmm. is the lack of quiet and privacy, which go hand in hand. It is, you know, so there's pool decks and, you know, up near the top of the ship, which are, you know, in theory, awesome. You yeah. are going across the ocean. There's a pool. There's a there's yeah. a bar. There's yeah. all of this stuff. They're like, man, this makes for a great environment. And then you remember, there's 18 straight hours of steel drums pinging oh. in your ears. Oh. There are hundreds of sweaty and, you know, at the risk of sounding utterly mean. Yeah. Let's let's call them substantial people. Um, <laughs> all over the place. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, and and just oh, so it is it is an environment that you have to have a particular kind of mindset to find a relaxation in. Like my wife yes. can she can turn on a mode in her brain that allows her mm. to relax there and like the, what's going on around her just doesn't even register. That's remarkable. She That's just, you really know, admirable. Flips yeah. open her Kindle, drops the sunglasses down, and can just read in the sun for two or three hours, dip in the pool yeah. to cool off periodically. And, yeah. like, she's content. And the whole time I'm, like, shaking. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm tr- like, f- I'm forcing myself to act relaxed. And it's uh, yeah, it's not, not easy for me. See, I had to, no, I'm, I'm with you 100%. And I have a couple of ideas on this. And this is born of several trips to Vegas and like similar, similar pool experiences in Vegas. I think they should do two things. One, similar to like, remember when you went to camp and in your cabin, you would have like quiet hours from time to time. Like, yeah, like from one to 2 PM, you know, it's, it's free time, but you have to be quiet. Right. So like you could take a nap, you could read. I, I think they should have pool, pool deck, quiet hours. Like no inane music, no steel drums, um, just because here's the thing, dude, if I'm on the ocean, I want to listen to like the ambient noises of the ocean. Like I want to hear the, the, the boat cutting through the surf or, you know, the waves lapping up against the side of the boat or whatever. I don't want to hear like some pop song from four years ago at like 10,000 decibels, (laughs) you know? I, I go on a cruise to avoid that. Um, so quiet hours is one thing. I've thought this about Vegas for a long time. I think they should segment the pool by regions of the country that you come from. Like if you're from like New York, New Jersey, like your section is over there. If you're from Iowa, Indiana, or Ohio, your section is right here. Um, and so forth. So if you're kind of a pale, doughy Midwesterner and, and <laughs> you know, you... You like a certain kind of music or non-music, you, you camp out right here. Um, your thoughts on either of those ideas? <clears throat> the, um, the quiet hours thing, I, I would go, I would follow more of like the, um, 
the British train model where you have quiet mm. cars. Oh, yeah, I like that. So I like that. Like, have a pool that's just rocking all the time. Cool, whatever. Mm-hmm. Have one at the other end of the ship that is silent all the time. Yes. Like, no oh, speaking dude. above a whisper. You can whisper to the person in the chair next to you. Yeah. You can, you can speak quietly to the waiter if you'd like to order a drink. Yeah. And then you're just reading or sleeping. Yeah. That. Yeah, dude, there's no, there's no water slides. There's no diving boards. There's no anything that anybody would get like fired up about. Right. Yeah. Because, and, and the dividing by region of the country thing, that might work in certain areas. The thing about a cruise is, so you, you don't actually feel like you're on a boat most of the time. You feel like mm-hmm. you're on a resort. That, sure. that just happens to be in the ocean. So it's a little weird when sure. you look out and you're like, oh, I can't see land anywhere. Um, yeah. But you don't you don't get the ocean sense like you would on, you yeah. know, like a 40, like a 40 foot sailboat where, yeah. you, you know, you're kind of you you are in the ocean. Yeah. So yeah. so you lose some of that. And, and And then the other thing I realized is the vast majority of people who go on cruises are there for the obnoxious. Mm. it's not just that they're sort of like, we like cruising and we deal with this. It's more like, you know, every time happy comes on by Justin Timberlake from whatever (laughs) that is, like eight years ago, there's a 65 year old lady like dancing somewhere. That's fascinating. Every every time that, every time that, you know, one of the activity directors gets on the mic and is like, we're going to do the, uh, uh, Cupid shuffle up here by the, on the pool deck. Right. People jump out of their chairs every time they do a Zumba class right in the middle of my nap. Uh, it, people people jump at that stuff. They do a belly flop yeah. contest. They do all of this stuff, and people are people are there for it. And Dude, I, that's, I have a, I have that's the difference between that. me and cruise people is that I don't want to join any of it. Yeah, and I'm I'm one thousand percent with you on that. Here's my question about it: Is this because I? So I'm I'm speaking of our like not wanting to join that. Is it because we're Christians? And uh, I don't know, like that stuff scans as like I don't know, worldly and inane and stupid. Or is it because we're kind of cranky old men trapped in middle-aged men's bodies and that stuff scans as inane and stupid? Or is it just inane and stupid? And a certain kind of person You know what I mean? I don't want to yeah. I don't I don't want to judge too harshly here, but like, yeah, because I've had similar reactions, Pipe, where I'll be at a, I don't know, I'll be at something in Vegas or whatever, and like, yeah, same situation, some idiotic song comes on, and there's some 65-year-old, like, otherwise normal-looking lady, like, dancing around right there in the street, and there's a part of me that looks at that and goes, huh, like, why, why would I never do that, you know? And, And it's not like no one... It's not like I was taught to never do that. You right. know what I mean? It's not yeah. like my parents were like, don't ever do that. Um, I don't know. What, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, I, I don't think it's a faith-based thing because, I mean, okay. well, we're, not, we're not talking about orgies. We're talking about, right. we're yeah. talking about like, silliness, basically, yes. yeah. which is the thing. I mean, look, for 10 years, we've been doing a podcast where we, like, we deal in inanity. That's what we right. do. Yeah, so we do. We yeah. have our own version of, of utter ridiculousness. Yes. Uh, it's just not dancing to eight year old pop songs and doing Zumba classes in public, um, yeah. which is probably for everyone's best. Um, yeah, I think it has. Yeah, it's just much more like cranky old man. Because here's the thing. When I watch people do that, I don't get mad at them for it. I'm not like these people are all so stupid. I'm not judging them. I'm right. just like, oh, we might not be the same species. Yeah. Like this is. 
you know, it's, it's like, uh, you know, it, it, you, you're a cat person. I'm yeah. more of a dog person. Every time you come home, a dog loses their mind. Yeah. This yeah. is the most exciting thing ever. They're a different species. <laughs> they, yeah. they were bred to respect. They, they're just, it's wired into them. That's the way, that's the way I feel about people who are just like excited about forced fun and joining. I don't look at them and go, oh, yeah. you're, you're terrible. I look at them and go, oh, we, we are not the same. We're yeah, not we are wired the different, same. As they say. Well, yeah. And we all, we all probably have that stuff. Right. So like to your point about pets, every time I come home, I pick up my cat, I nuzzle my face against hers and I'm like, oh, that's a good baby. You know, which if like some stranger were to see me doing that, they would think that was inane and stupid and they would be right. Right. Like that is that is unspeakably stupid for me to do that to an animal, but <laughs> it, it feels completely normal to me. And um, I think we all have stuff like that. But yeah, when you're mashed up against 50,000 other people on a cruise, you're just seeing, I, I, I guess here's the thing, like you're seeing their stuff all the time, right? And I remember sometimes walking around in Vegas with KK just going like, I can't believe this many people like to do that, yes. you know, or like yes. to do whatever the thing is. Like, you know, this activity... Like, we, we would walk down the strip some night to get, like, I don't know, fish tacos from some place that we had heard is really good. And, like, swimming through the idiots on the strip was almost like a sport. Yeah, and it's, it like, was it's, so like hard. A, it's like a people safari. It's like a people safari. And, like, I couldn't wait to get the food that we had gone out for and get back to my room so that I could enjoy it. But, yeah, it, and I remember thinking, I can't, I can't believe... This many people choose to be doing this thing right now. Um, yeah, and, I, and and a cruise is like you know five to eight days of that straight. Because yeah. now, if you know, so we were we were fortunate enough to have a room with a deck. You know, there's a little oh, deck. Nice. It has enough yeah. room for like two chairs and a, and a little sort of coffee sized cafe sized table, which is Dude, great. See, I would be camped out there the whole time. I spent. I spend a decent amount of, especially in the mornings, because I can't, mm -hmm. I can't do noise in the mornings. I like being up Same. early. I don't yeah. like obnoxious early. Yeah. So yeah, coffee, sitting out there reading, good yeah. hour plus before I could brave the day. Um, yeah. And then usually went from there to the to the gym and put in headphones. So again, didn't have to hear anything. Yeah, which is funny. They don't pipe in music in the gym. The gym is one of the quiet quietest places on a cruise ship. Dude, that is so fascinating. Which is great. It's yeah. awesome. <laughs> yeah, no, that's really good. And maybe they're presupposing that, like, everybody just brings their own music to the gym. I have another question. Is there any kind of a library on the cruise ship? So if you want, like, a, a, a quiet, like, you know, leather-bound chair to sit in and read a book in silence, is there a little library you can go, you can check out some novels, you can see what they have is is that a thing there there was on so we've done two cruises um and the last one did not have one of those it uh this one did but i never bothered to go find it because the other thing about going on a cruise at least the way we did it was it was a larger family group and yeah. um you know it that that adds a whole other level of complexity because then you're coordinating multiple preferences and schedules within an already kind of intensely planned environment. Mm. So I just had the sense of like, I, 
disappearing feels very rude, you know? Yeah. Just, I'm going to tap out on the family. Yeah. Which yeah. I don't think anybody else would have thought I was being rude. I, that was more just, my, I don't know, my Midwestern sensibilities. Yeah. But Dude, even no, though, I, your... I don't think that library is like a sit in a nice leather wingback chair and read type of thing as much. I mean, it's going to be like a, a book kiosk slash like tool yeah. armchairs kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. They're not, they're not doubling down on making the library nice on the cruise. That's not a priority. Um, where are your daughters at on all this? Or do they enjoy it? Do they just lap it up with a spoon, the cruise experience? So the first one we went on was with a, it was, it was just kind of post things reopening from COVID. So it was, a, it was, yeah. it was really muted uh, in terms of number of people and avail, you know, stuff they had available. So they were, they had a good time on that one, but we're kind of bored. I had to do a fair amount of entertaining them. Um, this year or this one, they had, uh, they're like a teen center. So it's like the, mm -hmm. the teen, like a pool table and TVs and whatever in there. Yeah. And they found, they found a half a dozen other sort of peers of theirs who huh. they just sort of, they just sort of formed a little social gang and hung out the whole time. And, really? uh, which was great because, yeah. um, it was great because they, uh, I didn't need to entertain them. And it was, it was basically like summer camp friends, you know, so like yeah, we're best yeah. friends for six days and then we'll never see each other again. Right. You know, I was the, yeah. I was the heartless one who like on the way to the airport on the way back, they're sort of like, <laughs> they're talking about their friends and I'm like, well, you should probably just go ahead and forget those people. Cause you'll never see them again. <laughs> <laughs> dude great great dad dad moment for you just well i was warm. Yeah. i was a little spiteful because one of my daughters like developed a crush as one does at summer camp on one of the oh, boys and so i was like well yeah. for, forget that loser he might have been yeah. a great kid i didn't bother to find out yeah. um no 100 you're developing a crush in, in that moment if you're a teenager so that's part of the fun man that's part of what you're paying for so ah that's funny man um Pipe anything else or should we should we just wrap it? I've kind of come to the natural end of like things that I had to talk about, but well, uh, you do you have anything? You brought up something about the uh the the Instagram and architecture oh, yeah. thing. So maybe we yeah, should take yeah, a break yeah. and then and then hit that one. Yeah, let's take a break and hit that. What impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists, the way we measure time, social justice, our national monuments, and more. The Bible's impact is all around you. Discover how at museumofthebible.org impact. All right, Pipe, we're back. Uh, I mentioned this off the air, and then I promptly forgot about it. Um, I'm reading an article by Alex Merle, uh, and it's called, I'm scrolling to the top, The Age of Average. And he, he, he sets up the article by talking about this art experiment that happened years ago where these artists pulled a number of people from different countries and sort of asked what they wanted in a piece of art. And... Then they made the results by country, and the results were ubiquitous and average. It was like everyone was asking for essentially the same painting. Uh, and then they tied that into sort of Airbnb culture. And I've noticed this traveling where you go to an Airbnb in Cleveland, you go to one in Bangkok, you go to one in Perth, you know, they're all the same, right? It's the same sort of 
uh, Ikea stick furniture, Eames chair, lots of white, some exposed wood. You know, they're all the same. And it's sort of... Yeah, the it's, article like, it's, sort it's of, all knockoff mid-century modern. Yes, it's knockoff mid-century modern. And it's it's even become, you know, named for Airbnb. Like, like it's sort of like the Airbnb aesthetic. And same thing with coffee shops. So coffee shop in Paris, coffee shop in, you know, Cleveland, coffee shop in Jackson, Tennessee. They're all like trying so hard to be achingly unique, but they all look absolutely the same. Um, and it's, it, it, the article sort of makes this leap from that to like, this is what the internet has done, right? The internet's supposed to make the world bigger. It's actually made it smaller. It's actually made it more average. You know, it's actually taken all the uniqueness that was baked into different places and made it beige. And it's a fascinating article. It's really well written, but it's also really depressing. Your thoughts? <laughs> well, it makes total sense to me. I mean, the Airbnb uh, example is great. So about four or five times a year, I stay in Airbnbs because I have to travel mm-hmm. for school and and go to Richmond, uh, Virginia, where, where Grimke Seminary is. And but most of these homes are have the potential to be so exceptionally cool because they're like 150, yeah. 200 year old uh, kind of row houses, brownstone yeah. kinds of houses. And, and yet they are all decorated exactly the way you just described. With, yeah. And, and uh, so like there, there's no creativity in it at all. Mm-hmm. So I, I've seen that. But I think back to the first time I noticed this was when Bill Simmons got huge as a writer for ESPN page two. Oh, interesting. I was writing for page two back then. Continue. Yeah. So Bill Simmons, you know, he, he had a, he was, he was the sports guy. What he was, a, yep. he was the Boston sports guy for a while. And he was just sports a sports guy. guy. Yeah, yeah. And he had this, this unique sort of fan slash analytical perspective. So really yep. different than the, you know, the Rick Riley's of the world and the yeah. David Halberstam's of the world and these other sort right. of, prominent sports writers of the time. And what you found was every sports blogger and columnist for every knockoff little sports site that was trying to get started was trying to be Bill Simmons. Oh, absolutely. You you 100% knew they had read Bill Simmons. One of my good friends uh, who has now actually kind of, he's made a career out of being a sports writer, sports prognosticator. Mm -hmm. He's, He's now like a gambling, like a he, he, he like sports gambling. He'll he'll give you the oh, best yeah. bets, that kind of stuff. He, dude, he, that's where the paydays are in sports journalism. I mean, there's a zillion of those websites. And when he's things. he was a math major, and so like he yeah. he knows he knows how to do this in, in a way that's that's mathematically favorable. But yeah. he started out writing, and and I mean he he wouldn't hesitate to say this. Just absolutely, he was shaped by Bill Simmons. Like Bill Simmons was yeah. the one who made him think, oh, a normal person can do this. You don't have to be a columnist for the New York Times or whatever, right? And right. so there, there became a beigeness in sports writing where right. it was the same kind of jokes, the same kind of bits. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say, okay, another, another, the other biggest example going to a different arena, Ira Glass. Yep. Uh, this American Life. So good. Unique yeah. voice, unique storyteller. One yep. of the one of the best to ever do it. Every other storytelling podcast for years sounded like they were a knockoff Ira Glass, <laughs> particularly those that came out of NPR. 
Um, and, and so there's, there was just a, a cadence, a sound. The difference is when, when Ira Glass does it, he just sounds like himself when everybody else does it, they sound like they're trying to be someone else. Yeah, dude, that's so interesting. And I, I remember the Simmons thing unfolding in real time. And I remember thinking this guy's a good writer, right? So like, if you read the book of basketball by Simmons, which have you read that by the way? I have. Yeah. I loved it. Yeah. I loved it too, dude. I laughed out loud. I, in fact, I took it to Vegas a few years ago and read it. It's so funny. And the guy's a really good writer, you know, but he's borrowing from David Foster Wallace, like the footnote thing that we all stole in the early 2000s from yep. Wallace. And... Which we stole in the Happy Rant book. Like it's just become a, it's, yeah. it's just a, it's just a method now. Yeah. It's a method now. And it's sort of a self like hat tipping bit, but yeah, like everybody was kind of stealing from everybody right at the beginning of the internet. So the Ira Glass thing, the Bill Simmons thing, which be- it begs the question, in the age of the internet, is it is it even possible to be unique? Or is it possible to have a thing that people don't rip off if you get like famous or recognized at a certain level? Because, you know, so I remember growing up in the 80s and 90s in the age of radio, we had these like regional radio personalities that would get syndicated, but it's like they weren't like known the world over, you know? Um, but they were kind of like our guys from Indianapolis and they were, they were popular and they were funny and they had their own style, but like nobody was ripping them off necessarily. But in the internet era, like that's for sure happening. I don't know. It's, it's kind of a fascinating deal. Yeah. And it, what, what makes what confuses it, and this is a little bit, this is a little bit, you know, inceptionary, if you will, is right. that take somebody like Matt Chandler, um, mm-hmm. who, congratulations to Matt, recently celebrated twenty years at the Village Church. Uh, the the eternally youthful pastor has apparently yeah. is apparently not that youthful, um, but he he has a he has a unique preaching presence, style, voice, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and. He has been imitated endlessly, you know, b- because that's what happens when you're influential. People, people yeah. just absorb you. They, they, they imitate you. What in the internet age, though, you start to view others as if they are posturing or doing a bit or creating a persona because of the way that everybody else personifies them. If that makes uh, sense. So yeah, my dad yeah. is another good example. Like my dad has been him himself for. 55 years yeah (laughs) he he doesn't think about how he carries himself when he's preaching he just you know just loses himself and hits the gas and uh and i think chandler's the same way but he he has also been a meme dozens and dozens of times so he is perceived as a persona even yeah. though he is just himself. And that mm-hmm. confuses this whole thing because then even uniqueness doesn't look unique. It looks it looks like, like persona work or curated. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and this is the this is kind of the Airbnb argument, right? Like I'll I'll never forget, and this was man, a decade plus maybe ago now, when we were doing that little jaunt in France for the football thing, we we spent like a week in Paris at the very end. And I remember going to my Paris Airbnb in Montmartre. And from the outside, it was so unique, dude. Like, it had an orange door, and it was like we were in a movie. And I opened it up, and I was like, oh, yeah. 
There's the Marilyn Monroe poster from Ikea. There's the like uncomfortable, <laughs> like faux leather sofa from Ikea, like in the inside. And it had all the cool architecture and the rooms were chopped up in really weird, like French ways. But, but it, in, in all other ways, yep. There's the Nespresso machine, you know, it yep. was, it was right out of Airbnb central casting. And I thought, huh, this is strange. You know, this is what, this is what some sort of, you know, six minute Google search, like uncovered as quote unquote creative, as opposed to being actually creative. And, um, it makes me wonder, it makes me wonder if like Ikea has a, like an Airbnb package. So you just put in like number of rooms, number of bedrooms, Right. you know, do you want to lean more bright colors, more muted colors? And then they just like send you a prepackaged set of uncomfortable platform beds and totally, and you know, stick legged sofas that are also profoundly uncomfortable and one futon that you can claim as a bed, but isn't and so forth. Yeah. If you want to go more muted and gray, here's the, the shot of the Manhattan skyline from above. Or if you want to go more colorful, here's the you know, Marilyn Monroe with her skirt getting blown up by the, by the air thing. And, you know, I mean, it's just, yeah, like it's, it's weird, but yet for the last 12 to 15 years, it's all we've known. Like all we've known is writers trying to imitate Bill Simmons. Right. And now we're even like, we're even post that. Yes. I don't think there's anybody that they're trying to imitate now. I mean, now we're in the, we're in this sort of age of sports podcasting, right? Yep. Where everybody's trying to sound like Robert Mays or whatever. I don't, I don't know. Well, even, and even that has become, even that has become like, I, let's take Robert Mays specifically. Yeah. Robert Mays started podcasting with Bill Barnwell, I think with the, the ringer, except maybe yeah. it was Grantland at the time. Yeah. Um, five years ago, seven years ago, probably, probably more like yeah. seven or eight years ago now. Yeah. And he sounded like, a like an excited football fan former player yep yep now he sounds generic yeah his analysis is as good as ever i still really enjoy his his co-host nate tice does not sound generic yeah yeah. nate sounds like a former football player fan analyst he's nerdy and uh and and excited more importantly he sounds like himself yes you know yeah and and Maze has you know it's it's a little bit of the vulnerability voice it's a little bit of mm-hmm. the a little sort of the up talking you know in, yeah, instead of yeah. instead of getting excited about things yeah and and there's just a a, a generic neutrality about it yeah and I'm like whereas oh, Barnwell man. sounds like Mina Kimes <laughs> <laughs> yeah Grant he kind of always did yeah he yeah. was always a he was always a unique one but yeah, yeah. there's a th- there's a flattening in all of these things. Which yeah. I guess, I guess when something becomes an industry, there always becomes an industry norm. Yeah, maybe. But like, think about TV circa, I don't know, 20, 30 years ago to now. And we're, we're, we're aging out of the 20, 30 years ago kind of roster of people. But think about like Al Michaels. Even when Al Michaels is like mailing it in, which he did all of last season doing like Thursday night games, like he sounded like he wanted to be anywhere else. So he's mailing I it in. He but he said still... as much on a couple of games. He's like, when is this going to be over? Exactly. Yeah. Like Bengals Jags on a Thursday night. It's like 10 to seven in the fourth quarter. Um, yeah. But like, he still sounded like Al Michaels, you know, Chris Collinsworth still sounds like Collinsworth. He's, ah, oh, ah, oh, Al, oh. 
you know, he's, yeah. he's you know, doing his Collinsworth stuff. I don't know if that's generational, but like some are all Madden, like they sound like they sounded like themselves, but they those guys that I mentioned are all products of like a pre-internet world. Yeah. You know, where they're they're not sort of sticking their wet fingertip to the wind and sort of uh trying to ascertain what the internet likes and then delivering that, you know. Um which is maybe the saddest outcome of all this when it's, that, that there is. I think it's why it, I, more and more, I'd say in the last year especially, I have felt a stronger and stronger pull away from the internet. Yeah. You, you know, my interactions on Twitter have gone way down. I don't even know how to mm-hmm. log into Facebook anymore. I think I still have an account and a page somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I'm on Instagram some because Instagram still feels like a thing you can you can just sort of be yourself, you know. So if you yeah, want to put yeah. something funny, you can. If you want to share pictures yeah. from vacation, you can. Like it's as personal or, yeah. or platformy as you want it to be. Sure. But but also I've started to kind of distance myself and unfollow trends and influencers and and prominent mm. people, even prominent people who I really respect. Like I don't really right. pay attention to what prominent pastors say. I don't listen to their podcasts. Yeah. Not because I don't respect them, not because I don't think their sermons are great, but because I it it really matters to me to to be me and not have the mm. sound of an industry norm in my head if I speak mm. or preach or podcast or um interesting. Or write. You yeah. know, write, writing people have writing's a little different because you're always you're always collecting the best of what you've read and, and, and kind of incorporating it to some degree, at least by influence. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I just, but even in terms of what I write about, I don't, I don't want to write based on trends. I want to write based yeah. on, I don't know, passion, truth, whatever, whatever rises to the top. Yeah. And, and, and I think that's where, when I think about the, um, the people whose, whose work I respect most, they're kind of the least internet-y. Yeah. No, that makes sense. That's that's really good. And I wonder if that energy is the natural kind of evolution of all this for a certain kind of middle-aged person. Like, you and I have, you know, we kind of came of age and became adults during the internet age. And so we got all our reps in with social media, like, early. And I wonder if, yeah, you hit 40, you hit 45, and you're kind of done with it. You know, like I've, I've, I've seen what this has to offer and I'm, I'm out, you know, and I'm, I'm kind of doubling down on, I want to sound like me. I want to know what kind of room I like to, to be in. I want to know how I want to sound on the page as a writer or, you know, on the, on the air as a broadcaster or whatever. I actually think that's kind of hopeful. You know, I think it's hopeful that people are sort of getting tired of it. You know, and it's it's the kind of thing that 10 years ago we were asking the question, I wonder if people will ever get tired of it. And and now they are. I don't know. I don't know. I guess I find that kind of hopeful, you know, when it's there will always be a massive portion of the population who just go with what's popular. You know, there's yeah, there's a reason why. Um, I don't know. There's a reason why. Applebee's is still in existence. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's, you know, and it's partly because in small towns, Applebee's is the best restaurant. And there's a lot yeah. of those. But it's also because there's just people who are like, 
they just sort of they just sort of go to that and and to try to in, you know introduce them to something gourmet or something ethnic or something creative they're gonna yeah. be like nah i just i want the the jack no that's t jack fridays uh, i was gonna say the jack daniels sauce i just you know yeah, i want yeah. whatever my grilled chicken my steak my burger uh yeah. my loaded potato skins there's a reason why uh romance novels sell like crazy even though they're trash like they're yeah i don't just mean morally yeah. like they're they're badly written right it's kind right. of the opiate of the masses if you will and that yeah. the, the internet influencing will be that henceforth and forever i think yeah but no, i think so but there's always no, like ahead, once that once that sets a bar mm -hmm. it then sets the bar above which people can rise yeah that's right and and what's fascinating to me about that example is that Airbnb has kind of become the new Applebee's in trying to eschew all of Applebee's values. You know what I mean? Like in the in the way that you go to an Applebee's in Los Angeles and it, they have the same tchotchkes on the wall as the Applebee's in in you know Indianapolis. It, Airbnb has done that, right? Like it's it it was su supposedly this exercise in individualism and creativity and like not staying in a hotel, and now they all look and feel like a hotel room. Um, I find that completely fascinating and, and to your point, kind of hopeful, you know, like, because all the arrogance that was baked into it, I mean, nobody can, nobody can look at it and go, yeah, we have this totally creative space that looks like everyone else's space. I don't know. It's kind of funny. When it's, it's uh, nearly impossible to maintain creativity and freshness once you are mass produced. Yeah, and and Airbnb right. is mass produced now. Like that's mm -hmm. so be it. And yeah. and I you know and I don't mean to say this like I would rather stay at an Airbnb than a hotel a good portion of the time, depending yeah. on depending on the kind of trip it is, and because uh, there there are benefits to it. But yeah, I, but I'm not going expecting like man, this is the coolest little place ever. I'm going being like this is just it's my own space and which is better yeah. than a hotel. No, hundred percent. Pipe, this has been this has been fascinating, man. Um, Interesting discussion. Did you learn anything on Ron's Instagram as to his whereabouts? I didn't. Uh, he, you know, he he and uh, Donnie Griggs said the the small town pastor book come out recently, and so his most recent posts are are about that. And then, like mm -hmm. two or three posts ago, was a picture of a dandelion field that he was walking in. So um, on brands, but not real clear about where he is currently, unless he is still ensconced in dandelions. Classic. Well, let's here's hoping. Here's hoping he's just rolling around in those dandelions, you know, love, love and life. Um, Pipe, we've done what we always do on this program in that we've wandered to and fro throughout several topics. And until next time. We want to take a moment to thank the team at Life Audio for partnering with us on this podcast. Be sure to go to lifeaudio.com and take a look at the other podcasts in their network. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and more. Feeling stressed? Let's take better care of you. I'm Bonnie Gray, the host of Breathe, the Stress Less Podcast. Subscribe at lifeaudio.com.